Warning. Missing save form. Hi, I'm Jason. And I'm Paul. And this is The Missing Save File, a video game podcast where we go through the games that at least one of us has not played in an effort to tackle our piles of shame. And today we're talking about uh, broadly the Overcooked series, but Overcooked 2 more specifically, maybe the best co- couch co-op ever? Is it, is it, for instance, a great couch co-op or the greatest couch co-op? Do I really feel like it's going to be violating the format of the show for me to launch into my extremely formulated opinion of this game. Well, then just start saying something and then the music will go right over it. <laughs> Let's talk about Team 17's yelling simulator on the, this week's show. Here we go. Let's do it. Overcooked and Overcooked 2 are games where you run the world's most disorganized, fire-prone, dumpster-fire-like kitchen. It is a game where you yell. A lot. It is supposed to be about working together to make delicious dishes, but rarely has cooperative felt so combative. This game uh, is published by the famous Team 17, the masterminds behind the Worms franchise, if you are an old-school Worms fan. Um, This game takes a different bent and puts you in the kitchen. Both games are available on just about anything that plays games. Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, Windows, Macintosh even uh, got some love on this one. So if you want to play Overcooked, you can find it in lots of different places. Overcooked 2 is mostly what we're going to be talking about today, although we'll just talk broadly about the Overcooked franchise but but overcooked 2 is really what they're like supporting now right i think they're still putting out new stuff for overcooked 2 are they not yeah pretty frequently um there is um dlc pretty frequently that is paid dlc but they also have seasonal updates that is free dlc um that are good levels so and they're all like most of the stuff centers around like either levels or cosmetics, right? Like new cooks like new in the kitchen or new levels. Am I, am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, I think there was only one uh, DLC that was new cooks. There's lots of new cooks, new unlockables throughout the progression. Um, but I think the there were cooks. There was a cook DLC pack that was originally a pre-order uh, that's paid DLC now. Mm-hmm. But other than, other than that, all the DLC has been levels with, with some cooks added, but it's never just been pure... Uh, cosmetic stuff gotcha okay so uh, before we dive into this i want to just throw this out there that from the early early days of the podcast which goes back quite a while even though we've only got a few episodes out there we've been kicking this idea around for a while we've been really workshopping this for a while and you know i'll just as an aside say that we're going to get this episode out pretty quickly after recording it um a lot of things have changed (laughs) uh in the world uh in general 
Um, video games, I feel like, have become more important just culturally uh, in the last little while because we're all sure. sheltering in place and socially distancing ourselves. Um, but what's nice about a game like this is that even though it's kind of the ultimate couch co-op game, Overcooked 2 is really the game of the times because you can couch co-op virtually uh, via their, their robust online presence, which is mostly how I've done the co-op in, in Overcooked 2. Which is which is great. I have gotten to virtually yell at you uh -huh. about how about how you lit the kitchen on fire and how you weren't chopping things fast enough, <laughs> and it was it was very satisfying. <laughs> we have a overcooked dedicated channel on the Discord server that that most of us uh, hang out on. Um, so it's it's fair to say it's a thing. But the the thing that I want to ask you, Paul, about this is for, you know the reason I brought up you know the the podcast and the long tail that we have on the development of this this show. From the very beginning, this is a game that you were angling for me to play that I that I had not played. And and I think I originally said play Overcooked One, and I think it was one of those like you need to learn how to you know walk up a hill in the snow to school both ways mm -hmm. or whatever. Because mm -hmm. um, looking back, because when we when we decided to do that this episode, I was like, yeah, yeah, forget that, just do two. Um, and and I think I'd already played enough two when I suggested one. Um, one one's still a very good game, and like you said, one of the things that's missing is online co-op. Uh, it's missing some other stuff too. Actually, um, one of the oh boy, I had a list of things that was oh yeah, uh, the features of two that were not in one. Uh, the first one is online multiplayer, and then the second one is throwing. Um, throwing is now an official game mechanic, which uh, I read totally differently because um, <laughs> they mean you could throw food, but um, you, you can know. also just throw in the you sense can also that throw. you can which, sabotage which would, your team. <laughs> yeah, you know, which you were kind of doing too sometimes when you were failing to get food into the correct places. But um, <laughs> Overcook One was a fun game, and I played uh, a ton of that. I have um, gotten every achievement possible on both of these games. Um, and gotten all the stars on all of the levels on both of these games many times. I've put in many, many, many hours on these um, in um, both virtual and in-person couch co-op, right? This is, a, this is a fun one. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I have to say, like, I, I feel conflicted with what I'm about to say, mm -hmm. but I'm just going to say it. I don't love it. Uh, and I understand why people really like it, but I'm just convinced that this game may not be for me. I think it's one of those that you, you, you got to get into the like Stockholm syndrome of it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like at a certain point you play with people enough that you turn the corner that you're no longer really mad when you're yelling at them, but you know, you're still yelling at them to, okay. <laughs> to cook the food faster. Okay. And at a certain point, it, 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 you know, has a different sort of uh, fun to it, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm no stranger to virtually yelling at your friends <laughs> because... Very, very, very true. Because, you know, we play Overwatch together. Uh, in the past, we've played games like Destiny together uh, and, and taken on, you know, powerful cooperative uh, you know, challenges in that game. I've played World of Warcraft for crying out loud, uh, back when there were 40 man raids, uh, oh. and you had to know what the F to do, uh, or you'd get, you know, kicked out of the group. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's that. Like, I think, I think some I, of it's that. I, I think one of the fun things about this too is, 
uh, it's more bite-sized than any of those things you've just described, right? It's more, we'll do a level. Um, we'll restart a level. But the like top-down nature of it also puts all your errors in public view uh, in a way that a lot of other games don't, where... You know, any of those games you mentioned, you could be like, oh, come on, who who did this? Or why did we just lose that? And nobody's really sure. Right. But, you know, if you just fell off the map carrying a plate of cooked food and like, <laughs> we saw it. We all saw that happen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we get we get to point those fingers right away. Um, so, yeah, I think there's some fun to that. But um, it, it also has a pretty good skill ramp to it. Um, it does. It, deceptively so for such a you know, cartoony game. And I think part of that, like, because I've spent a lot of time sitting inside the feelings that I have about this game, which <laughs> are, I think, more layered and and, uh, and nuanced than I originally thought. Because I'll be honest, I've, I've, I've done multiple sessions of the first one. Uh, I've done a few sessions with the second one, both with uh, with you guys, and then I've done some with uh, with my kiddo at home here, and he actually super digs it. Um, so I've, I've played some with just, him. Just wait until he starts yelling at you for failing so hard in the kitchen. It's probably going to happen. I mean, I, I don't think it, we're that far off from that. And I, like, and, and I think you're probably going to be happy in that moment, right? Oh yeah. I mean, in so much that the entire point of being a parent is that they are here to replace us. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, the concept of the torch passing is a, is a proud moment, a scary moment, but but a proud moment for sure. Um, but I think, like, I don't know, I think with this game, uh, it has revealed uh, something about me. Uh, it's revealed uh, something about what, what, you know, drives me to do a thing. Um, and I think what's different about this game than other games that I've tried, which which have an equal, you know, pretty drastic skill ramp, is I guess in order to put myself through that sort of experience, I have to get something substantial or what I perceive as something substantial out of it other than just, yay, points, and we beat the level. Did I, did I mention achievements and stars? Because uh, those are definitely game currency. Yeah, but achievements and stars for me are one of those things where it's a nice, like, icing on the cake, but it's not the meal that I'm there for. And, like, I think with this game, I just, there's not enough there there for me to care about it. And I'm really, like, I don't know if you know this about me, Paul, I'm very non-confrontational. Like, I, I don't <laughs> I don't like confrontation. Um, and mostly that's an effect of, like, I think I sometimes like get irritable and I don't like who I am when I'm irritable. And so then like being <laughs> I, in an environment think, where you're just perpetually irritated at everything and everyone just puts me so far outside my comfort zone that I'm like, I gotta go. Bye. <laughs> Yet I think, I think there was one of the times we were playing where I heard a, uh, a patented, uh, a Burns deep sigh, TM, TM, TM. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I was like, oh man, yeah, Burns is feeling it. Burns is definitely, uh, <laughs> Burns is getting it. I'm in the um, sad place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and I, and I think it is one of these games where um, the getting past the fun of that shared challenge, um, I, I think it is one of those that you have to push through a bit, um, probably. Yeah. Um, and I think I did most of that push in Overcooked 1, um, okay. which, frankly, like, I have not played in... in 
years now, I guess. Um, and I was trying to think of like what my experiences are from Overcook One, and I think I have largely just blocked those out. Um, <laughs> and so probably a lot of the things you're describing in the first, you know, boy, I, I don't even know, 20, 30 hours of playing this game <laughs> um, are, are going to be kind of mixed experiences, I bet. Um, yeah. And it's really once you get into it, um, and really start feeling like you're making progress because part of it is also, um, a completionist standpoint, right? That there are check boxes, clear check boxes here in terms of stars on levels that this game is completable, uh, in a way that lots of games aren't right. A lot of these bigger open-ended games, um, that is very satisfying to just slowly see those check boxes fill as you progress through and continue to, you know, push through each of these levels yeah i mean i can see all the trappings of why it's <clears throat> successful i think um i just think for me it is uh i think also maybe in order to play with like the group of people that we were playing with like i mean you've obviously played this quite a bit uh yeah uh, yeah the people we were playing with had uh, i think one of them had played a bunch and one had not and we were playing hard levels <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we were we were kind of tossing you into uh, to the deep end very quickly, uh, and I think that probably impacted some of that play too. Yeah, there uh, there's a there's a story that I remember vividly uh, when I was probably in my twenties, uh, and it involved uh, the family tradition that we have around the holidays, where the family gets together and we play just different card games. You know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there so this game the the overcooked uh reminded me of a game that was trotted out at my family gathering a card game that we'd never played before uh and so so someone was brought the card it date, was it named yell at your relatives <laughs> it may as well have been i think the <laughs> I, I think the warning sign was that the card game i think was called demon which i immediately started laughing where i'm like well let's see what kind of game this is i guess was this like a jumanji situation <laughs> no but that the I, I i'll write that script after this and try to you know ah. sell that to netflix here pretty soon um no it's basically like imagine imagine combat multiplayer solitaire where you have multiple okay. you have multiple decks and you so like I, I can't remember if you have like a deck per person or something like this but it's like so the playing table is kind of split out into like there are these cards in front of you know pretty much everybody but you can the goal is to get your deck spent before anybody else's and you can play on any position around the table mm. so it's happening all in real time where you're just looking at your cards and going like, yeah, I can put the three of clubs there. I can put the, you know, I can put the jack uh, of, of clubs here. Um, and, and it like, it just, it, it was so counterintuitive to just like how my brain works that like, I immediately was like, I'm out. You guys have fun. Um, but my uncle said it best. Uh, <laughs> he captured kind of my thoughts on the game where he played around with, uh, many of my relatives who are pretty good, you know, card, card fiends. One of these was my grandmother, keep in mind. He backs himself away from the table, shakes his head and goes, well, you women are bitches and just leaves. And this is two fellow family members after having played one round of this demon like solitaire game. And that's kind of how I felt playing Overcooked where I'm like, 
well, this is fucking crazy, and I don't know what I'm gonna do. So I, I gotta go. Like, and <laughs> yeah, we. I will also say we were playing four player, which I have not done much four player Overcooked. Um, four player Overcooked is crazy, but I feel like this is also a game that kind of has a sweet spot with two players. Um, like the solo game, there are ways you play solo and you get to characters i would not recommend that okay um i've never really played much three player i played two player and four player um and the four player there there's just i don't know it's not it's possible to play with four players but it's not really scaled in such a way like there's not always four things to be doing um so it's very easy to just sort of be kind of aimlessly wandering around a corner of the kitchen and people yelling at you like, why aren't you doing anything? It's like, well, because everything is being done. Um, yeah. And, and I think that's part of what that four-player experience was like, especially, again, playing with, with people who had played a lot more of this. Um, yeah. It was one of those just like, there's a chair over there. Sit down and shut up. Like, we'll get all the food out. Um, <laughs> stop taking up space in this kitchen. Um, yeah, in, in a lot of ways, what you've just described mirrors a lot of my younger experiences in a real kitchen. And I think it brought back some painful memories. Oh, uh, boy. To be honest. Uh, so, you know, that may be part of it, too. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a lot of things that you cook in this uh, as well. Uh, I was going to try to put together a list of all the things, and then I got a little lazy and didn't, but... Man, it's a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, it's I I understand it. Like, it's one of those games where I, I think I think my opinion of it is essentially like I totally get why people would really dig this game, but I also think it would take a lot for me to enjoy playing it, and I feel like that's just a tough spot for me to be in with video games in general because I have so many like. The whole point of this podcast was I have too Just many games, games. Yeah, in, games in my collection um, and not enough time to get through them. And so it's, uh, I don't know. I think, I think again, it's, it's, this podcast really just in four episodes is just like really teaching me a lot about how my brain works and how I'm motivated. Um, because I just don't see, for me, the, the reward center of my brain is not lit up enough to justify all of the pain points at the front end. See, and it'll be interesting, I think, because one of the things I've recognized is, um, and, and we haven't talked about it, it, I will make you play at some point, um, <laughs> games like Celeste, which I know you have not played. I have not. Um, and, uh, I mean, I'm, boy, I've played a lot of Celeste as well. Uh, and some of the, you know, the the very newest DLC, again, we'll talk, we'll, we'll have a podcast about Celeste. Um, but some of the newest is just like so hard, um, so brutally hard. And so you just load up a screen and you say, okay, I've got an hour. Let's see if I could do it. And sometimes that takes five minutes. Sometimes it takes the hour. Um, and you clear a screen and you say, cool, I made progress. Um, yeah. And it sort of feels like that in, especially when you get to some of these much harder levels or when you're trying to get the very last stars, um, that this is a fun game to sort of have on the pile when uh, again, especially if you have someone else there, and and, and would be very much interested in in uh, how uh, your children like this game, and if they do pressure you to play this ever, um, because if you have like a half an hour of time and you say, hey, do you just want to like get some stars in a in a casual way of you know you're just basically sitting down on chairs and like looking at the world, but you happen to be playing this shared experience, that's one of the things I think I get out of it in a in a sense as well. Yeah. Um, opposite that like 
deep celeste level grinding of the hard levels well and i think i think for me too <clears throat> what i probably didn't recognize until playing this game was that i i like you know what you just described about celeste and the idea of just a really difficult challenge being in front of you and having to just kind of put your shoulder into it and, and and plow through it if i can do that on my own terms, on my own time, with nobody seeing what I'm doing, it becomes a very zen-like experience for me, where I'm just like, this this thing is happening and I must overcome it, and it will happen if I can be like water and flow, you know, I mean, like, it's just, it's one of those things where I just kind of let go and accept it. If it's happening in real time with people screaming at me in a kitchen on fire, <laughs> like, I just, I'm like, eh, this is stressing me out, I gotta put this away. Yeah, and I think that's where the, the the skill discrepancy and the skill building comes in. Um, yeah. And definitely one of the things I've noticed is like Overcooked 1, there was a lot more yelling because, you know, nobody I was playing with knew how to do it. Um, and when I play now with the people I've played with for very long periods of time, or even people who have just played a lot, like um, I played with Jeremiah, who I've never played with before, but he's also played a ton of this. Mm -hmm. uh, and we just like both started a level and we're like, okay, you're going to do this. I'm going to do this. And we just like, we like did a level completely silent. We were just like, okay, I know what he's going to be doing. I know what he, I'm going to be doing. Um, and knowing where that other person is, uh, I, I think removes a lot of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so we, we really did toss you into the deep end, uh, in a very, very real way. Oh yeah. And it scarred me deeply. I mean, it, uh, <laughs> I may never well, recover. I, I, I think <laughs> at least one of the people who, uh, was in that game, I think is very happy to hear that. And it's not me, but, um. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it was one of those where I just, uh, you know, it, 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 um, I can see, you know, honestly playing this with my kiddo is probably the most appealing like thing that I have now because like he, he and I are both just goofing around. You know, and like yeah. that, and I, that feels I think like that's a, way, a fun to way to do it. Yeah. Yep. That's the way to do it. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, <laughs> I think if you can I mean, take you're, it you're more like, like a cartoon squirrel making pancakes in a volcano, right? Like, <laughs> take that seriously, right? Yeah. Well, it actually, I mean, what's interesting about this game is, um, this just now occurred to me. Uh, my son and I play a lot of uh, Mario Party together on the Switch. And, you know, that game is, is, kind of i mean it's eh, okay it can be fun but it's been there are so many iterations of it and it's pretty much a formulaic at this point but okay what's the best mario party quick aside uh, uh we'll go three two one ready ready yeah mario three two one mario, mario party, party six. five six no, we're close five okay. was good yeah i was better but okay fine we're uh, in the same zone yeah yeah exactly um but i think what occurred to me was this overcooked is like an extended double XL like version of a really good Mario Party minigame and then they just iterated on it for an entire game and that sounds like a slight against it or like a dig at it and it's not what I'm intending it to be but I'm just saying like I think the part of the reason why I'm having such a like a hard time of aspiring to get good quote unquote is just because like it doesn't feel like there's a lot of there there you know like a lot of the games that I really, like, try to dig into and really spend a lot of time, like, trying to master are games that feel like they have a lot of nuance underneath them. And the moment-to-moment, -moment, like, gameplay of Overcooked, 
I mean, meta-wise, when you look at every individual map and, like, where to take ingredients and stuff, there's a lot of strategy there. But mechanically, you walk up and you press X, and then you walk up and you put a thing in a pot, and then, you know, so I mean, like... I mean, uh, you gotta take into account the ABB, you know, always be boosting. <laughs> always be boosting, yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of movement tech that I there's don't understand. There's a lot of movement tech in this game. There's a lot of, like, surfaces you could just clip around, like, okay. there's a lot of, uh... No, no, and I think that's one of the things, again, as you keep iterating on, on these levels and they set out clear goals too right you you play a level and you'll get like a star or two and say oh i guess i need to do better to get three stars on this level um or four stars eventually yeah and you'll you know do it better and you'll say oh i did it better that time but what do i need to change like what do i need to go faster and like i really need to get one more dish out like how do i do that um you know where should i be spending my time or what things should i be putting in in this place or you know, what is the level doing to actively try to stop me this time? Right. Um, that is pretty nuanced, I'd say. But again, it's, it's well, I, I think it's, a, again, deceptively simple from the standpoint of the beginning, you know, in a large way does feel very similar. Um, I was doing the math on it. There were, um, I think there's 36... Yeah, 36 initial levels, uh, although then six extras of bonus levels. Then there's the first DLC had uh, 13 levels. That's the Surf and Turf DLC where you make smoothies and kebabs and stuff. <laughs> a campfire cook-off DLC, 15 new levels where you make like s'mores and uh, breakfasts. You also get, oh, man, there's all sorts of new you have to wash dishes dishes sometimes in surf and turf you have to wash them with a water gun in campfire cook-off some some of the food is in backpacks on your backpack uh, back those are some of the most frustrating levels mm -hmm. uh hangry horde has 12 levels eight horde levels uh it'd be fun to play a horde level with you those are there is a horde mode in this game uh <laughs> and i'm not even kidding there's a horde mode in this game does it uh, does it feature uh the characters from the gears of war franchise like showing yes. up and cooking the locust trying heads. to knock down the uh, <laughs> kitchen <laughs> <laughs> suddenly a giant like locust uh brumach like storms in through the walls and like tries to tear down the kitchen and yeah okay cool well canonically yeah that's the, the, the unbred are the same you know <laughs> we haven't talked much about the plot line but yeah um, such as yeah, then Car is. carnival yeah. of chaos has another 15 levels you get cannons you get all sorts of stuff i forget what you cook in that one <laughs> <laughs> um, hot dogs, I think, but, um, there's a lot of depth when you really s just sit back and look at all the things. Oh, and that's not, that's not even including the, uh, seasonal DLCs. Um, mm -hmm. so there's just, there's a lot of, as you keep going, the, it, it keeps expanding in front of you, I think, in a, in a sense that yeah. again, in a real sense, I think just takes time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I think it's just one of those games where <clears throat> I, I'm not against giving it more shots. Uh, yeah, I, I'd say, I would say play it here and there for fun with your kid. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like, eventually you might start to think, oh, we should be doing better. Like, we should be getting more stars or, you know, I think somewhere it might get some hooks in you. But yeah, um, if that's all you view it as is some fun to kill some time with a kid, like, then yeah that's that's great too yeah the but only that the... the only difficulty with that is uh i recently started playing sea of thieves 
and uh, he has mm. watched me play Sea of Thieves and now is desperately trying to convince me that we need to sail a pirate ship together. Uh, and he well obviously <laughs> obviously and he did see that uh, later on this month uh, we're recording this on April 13th I think it's on April 22nd the uh, the expansion for that month will allow you to have a pirate cat as your friendo aboard your ship and he is now just absolutely over the moon with the idea of being able to sail the seven seas and also have a cat friend uh, join you along the way so has, has he figured out that you could play as a cat in overcooked Yes, he did. Yes, and it did that almost <laughs> almost immediately. So nice. Yep, yep. He locked that one down pretty quick. So, so yeah, Overcooked. I mean, I I kind of I completely respect it as a game. Like, I get it. I understand why people like it. I eh, so far, um, but I mean, I'll 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 keep dabbling at it. I guess uh, as I get time, and uh, I think eventually, if someone twisted my arm enough, they could convince me to try again. Uh, and I could stand in the corner and get yelled at as I throw things off of the map. Yeah, yeah I think you need some. I think you need some two-player uh, safe space uh, sort of gameplay. Where is this like immersion <laughs> therapy, where I just need to spend a little bit of time over time to like get used to the thing that that? No, no, no. I think I think um, I think it is something that, that like playing the four-player did. Uh, that was again, like I said, new to me. And I think if I was going to recommend a number of players um, for like gaming that you want to have like fun with another person with like i'd say two people is the sweet spot yeah. uh when you get to four people your your pull of mario party i think is very similar like four people fe felt a lot more like playing mario party where it's just like okay now everybody like bash a for a bit and like oh roll a die and oh you got the random star like it, it felt a lot more random with four um yeah. so while it's doable and it's fun because you know, Mario Party's fun. Um, it feels a lot more, it feels a lot harder to plan for people. Whereas Agreed. two, you can start to, you know, figure that out. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, what did you think of our uh, our discussion, our assessment of this game? Were we right? Were we wrong? Do you agree with uh, Paul? Do you agree with me? Do you have your own? Well, I was right. You were wrong. Are you, are you asking me or the, the listener? I'm asking. I'm I'm Paul for a second. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm addressing past you, through the earbuds to the person on the other end to you listening right now. Uh, what do you think? Uh, reach out to us uh, on Twitter. <laughs> Wait, it's still it's still unclear. This is a great game, right? <laughs> <laughs> sure, Paul. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> find us on Twitter. Uh, we are missing save file on Twitter, or you can find us on Facebook where we're facebook.com slash missing save file. And uh, let us know what you thought of our takes about overcooked and overcooked too. We are going to take a short break. And when we come back, we are going to discuss the game that we have chosen uh, for next time. So stay right here. It is the missing save file and uh, we'll be right back. The dangerous kitchen. If it ain't one thing, it's another. In the middle of the night when you get home, the bread things are all dry and scratchy. The meat things where the cats ate through the paper. The canned things with the sharp little edges that can cut your fingers when you're not looking. The soft little things on the floor that you step on, they can all be dangerous. Sometimes the milk can hurt you If you put it on your cereal before you smell the plastic container 
And the stuff in the strainer has a mind of its own. So be very careful in the dangerous kitchen. This is the Missing Save File. This is the part of the show where uh, we get a little bit of a preview of what we're going to talk about next time to give you a chance to catch up or play along. We try to put these episodes out monthly. Uh, this one was a little bit more delayed just because, uh, well, to be honest, COVID-19 and many other things happened. Um, I, I would just like to put out some note of solidarity there for all those folks who are working from home with small children. I hear you. I see you. I understand you. Uh, it is tough to work your job and also run the world's crappiest school and daycare, uh, but we'll get through this all together. Solidarity. Um, <laughs> that uh, cuts into my recording time a little bit at home, uh, just saying. Um, but next time, Paul, it looks like it's my choice, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you plunged me into the hellfire that was the kitchen in Overcooked. So it seems only right that we plunge you into a different kind of hellfire uh, and see if you can emerge unscathed as the Doom Slayer, uh, because I think we're going to play Doom 2016 next time. Yeah, on I, the love podcast. That. I love that. I love that seg. That's Thank you. Great seg. Thank you. Uh, it's, so Doom 2016, uh, it seems like a good choice right now for a couple of reasons. One, Doom Eternal uh, just came out and is getting rave reviews. Uh, I have not gotten a copy of that game if my trajectory follows, I will probably play that game in two years, <laughs> maybe two and a half. <laughs> and I guess I'll play it in about four. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, it feels about right. Um, it's on the list, like many other games are, to get to uh, to Doom Eternal. But uh, Doom 2016 uh, was actually recommended to me by a mutual friend of ours, um, Jeremiah, if you're listening, uh, the, you know, it was your fault. Yeah, that I was going to say, Jeremiah will not shut up about this game. <laughs> he, so, I mean, at the risk of inflating our mutual friend's uh, estimation of himself, his tastes in games and pop culture, uh, he's right on the money on this one, I would say. And so I'm very curious to see what you think when we plunge into Doom 2016, because I'll be honest, I played Doom, you know, back in the day. Oh, yeah, back in the day, right? I was more of man. a Wolfenstein kid than a, than I a Doom kid. I was too, kid. actually. Yeah. Man, that Wolfenstein 3D, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, and, and I always, like, I, I thought Doom was neat, but, like, the two games that gravitated, you know, more into my field of interest there were Wolfenstein 3D, and then eventually the original Dark Forces, Star Wars Dark Forces came out, which ran on basically that same engine. Um and so I just played a lot of those as opposed to Doom and Doom 2. Um, but Doom 2016, when it came out, it really impressed me. Um, and I, I just, I cannot wait to see what you think about it, Paul, because um, I, I don't know if I've ran into anybody yet who has a poor opinion of it. Um, but I, I, I'll be curious to see what you think about this. Thing. Yeah, I, I'm not sure I have either. That's a good point. Um, I mean, I expect to enjoy it. It's a, you know... Uh, at least from the reviews, a good or great take on a classic FPS that I enjoyed back, you know, what, 25, 30 years ago? What, 20, 25 years ago? Man, Doom was a long time ago. Yes. Um, and Wolfenstein, man, that was a long time ago. But um, I'll, I'll also be interested to see how it plays on um, Xbox, because I'm going to play it on um, Xbox, um, not, um, you know, mouse and keyboardy which is what I remember the most about some of those old sorts of games. Yeah. So we'll see how that holds up. Um, right. That was a big discussion that we had about, um, you know, Star Wars, the, the, the last one we did of how that transition was less than great. 
Um, so I'm expecting this one will be quite a bit better. Yes. Well, and I will say this, that it runs um, <clears throat> it runs really well on the consoles. They did a nice job on the console version of it. I think it's just because, uh, you know, in in the 21st century, you know, consoles are how people play a lot of games. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a modern game, right? It's not a they yeah. weren't just porting an old old code. Yep. Yep. And so I played through this originally on PlayStation 4. I am actually actively now, I've started replaying it even before we decided to do this for the podcast on PC because since the first time I played Doom 2016 and, you know, a few months ago, I got a newer gaming PC and um, let me tell you, running this game at 144 frames per second uh, with mouse and keyboard controls and uh, giant studio headphones on that are blaring Mick Gordon's industrial metal soundtrack in your ears while you shoot demons in the face... Uh, is really, really cathartic. So <laughs> I will have uh, old takes and new takes probably for uh, for our discussion about Doom. So uh, if you want to play along with us, just don't forget that uh, we'll be posting that episode sometime in the month of May, uh, Doom 2016. So if you're looking for something to add to your playlist while you're hopefully sheltering in place, staying safe and staying healthy, uh, that'll be what we'll be talking about next time on The Missing Save File. Uh, I think that's going to do it for this um, this show this month. Uh, I really, really want to thank uh, a bunch of folks, in particular everybody who has helped retweet us or like our posts on social media. You are doing a lot. If you've told a friend about the show, that helps so much. So thank you. Uh, if you've told a friend about us, tell one more. And exactly. And then encourage that friend to tell another friend. Um, I also really want to thank Tombo Fry, who composes our theme music. You can check out his stuff on his Bandcamp page. We'll try to leave a link to his stuff either on Bandcamp or YouTube or wherever you can find him. But thanks, Tombo Fry. You can always find us on Twitter and Facebook. We are at Missing Save File on Twitter. We are Facebook.com slash Missing Save File. Or you can just go to the website, MissingSaveFile.com. Until next time, I'm Jason. And I'm Paul. And don't forget to saute. You gotta saute, but but then don't start the kitchen on fire, which is what I did. What was your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite thing to cook? <laughs> <laughs> the kitchen. <laughs> the kitchen. <laughs> when I set it all on fire. <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs>